0: For perfectionists, they're always like, I need to heal to be okay. And what I've realized, both in my own work and with my clients, is we're already whole. But what I work with people to do is, like, it's it's instead of healing, we're just becoming more present and more loving to who we are, who we are already. So I don't think we're healing. I think what we're doing is building our compassion for our humanness and for our
1: natural failing. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community, whether you are struggling with mental health on your own, or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. Today's episode is sponsored by betterhelp.com. Are you looking for online therapy? Are you stuck at home like everyone else? High stress, high anxiety, worried about the future, trying to navigate everything, have a lot of worries, had a lot of emotional roller coaster rides up and down just like me? Betterhelp.com is one phone call away, one Zoom call away, one text away. It's an online platform for therapy. It's so perfect for now, for coronavirus, for what people are going through now. We can reach out and get the perfect therapist that meets our needs. Don't wait. Check them out. See if you can find somebody. Don't struggle. They're so affordable. They are so affordable. You're sitting at home. Every therapist is working online now. Reach out and get help you need. If you are struggling, don't struggle in silence. I am so grateful that they are giving us 10% off the first month so you can get affordable access to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Start your wellness, get help, get support you need. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast. I'm here with Dr. Jane Tornator, founder online. She is a speaker, a therapist, a doctor, and she recently wrote a book, Everything is Perfect, Just Not Me exactly what I was feeling yesterday, Dr. Jane. I'm like, I feel like I'm having a private session with a doctor right now. God plans everything in the perfect moment. And I'm gonna tell you why, Dr. Jane, in a minute. I spoke to Dr. Jane, I think two months ago, and we were like back and forth, and then corona corona started, and everything got mixed up um, in my calendar, and God plans everything perfectly. And I literally feel like God gifted me on my calendar a session with you right now, Because yesterday, yesterday I hit my 100 episode and I was feeling like everybody is perfect in the podcast world. And I was having a conversation with this, uh, exactly this topic with my producer this morning. And I said, Heather, is this what happens with every? podcaster that they have this meltdown. Everybody's better than me. No one wants to hear me. And I was having a lot of self-doubt. Am I doing this the right way? Uh, Should I quit? Maybe no one wants to hear my voice. Maybe I don't matter. Maybe I'm not giving enough to my family. Maybe I'm not giving enough to myself. I was replaying this. And then in the morning yesterday, when I woke up and I was supposed to be so excited and grateful, and I was feeling grateful for the milestone, I was feeling awful fall and I canceled all my meetings yesterday and I went to the beach with my husband. I mean I just needed to see nature and count my blessings of the now. And I said, I have a beautiful family. I have my health. I have a mental health I have my strength. I have so much be grateful for what I have, not what I not not my imperfection. And I came back so refueled. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I'm so excited that I'm here with you because you're gonna give me more tips, especially with mental health. It's con- with people that are struggling with mental illness and it's constant. Am I ever going to be better? It, uh, everybody has it together more than I do. Sometimes we even have it with our colleagues, with our partners, with our children, with our sisters, brothers, parents, therapists. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm not, I'm not like them. First of all, thank you for joining me here. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I am delighted to be
0: here. And I want to just mention your episode, which I listened to yesterday. It was perfect timing. You know, I, I've listened to your stuff, and it's clear that you really have a huge heart and care about humanity and goodness and, and being who you are. That episode yesterday, it was just like I fell in love with you more.: Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are so real. It's something I struggle with also, because I'm a therapist. I'm supposed to be healthy and have it all together and have the answers and have the tools that work all the time. I'm a human being, too. And this is one thing that I love about Brene Brown and Liz Gilbert. They're both fabulous at being wonderful at what they do and being utterly human and fallible and having the courage to share it. I'm getting teared up as I say this, but you know, your courage to share your humanness, which is both the struggle and the joy, is it's so inspiring and it helps people, including
1: me, feel, I guess, more lovable
0: is the word I'd look for.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, Brene Brown is a role model. Everybody, whoever listens to me knows that Brene Brown is one of my go-to in everything. And actually, Mindful. it's funny that you say her because every time I listen to her episodes, I'm like, okay, she's way out there. I can never be a podcaster. She's, she's just so awesome. Like, why know, would anybody want to listen to me, Brene Brown? Does everybody else give up? Yes, exactly. <laughs> every single time I listen to her, I just feel so little. And then everybody has to remind me, and I have to remind myself, I have my journey and we have to accept that. And give me some inspiration and tools and tips and give my audience a little bit of a background. What led you to this? Everybody's perfect, just not me.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh, myself. <laughs> I'm a recovering perfectionist. I don't think I will ever stop being a perfectionist. I'm much kinder with myself, with my perfection, but I grew up and we all have these ways we develop as little kids to cope with the world and to cope with how safe the world feels and who we need to be in the world to be safe. And so we all develop these these coping mechanisms which when we're little kids and we literally have no power. When we're little kids, we have no power. We depend, our lives depend on belonging in the people who care for us, right? Whether they're healthy or whether they're not, whether they're cruel Or whether they're just unconditionally loving, we at, at that point need to figure out how to be safe. And for little kids, the tools are how am I, how can I be different so I'm safe? And in my case, I wanted to keep my family safe. So how I and the people I love are safe. And, you know, everybody has their own coping mechanisms. Mine was perfect. If I'm perfect, if I'm good, if I'm funny and kind and don't make waves and, just the person everybody loves, then I'll be fine and nobody in my family will be hurt, right? Which, you know, is super, it's a super awesome goal. It's not achievable because I'm human. I can't be perfect, but in my little psyche and, you know, those beliefs we form before the age of six, unless we consciously literally reprogram our brain through different ways of thinking like gratitude, unless we consciously reprogram, they are the unconscious drive for how we choose to be in the world. You know, people who say, oh, I I want this healthy habit and I just can't seem to do it. I know it's good for me. I want to do it. I've got great intentions for doing it and I just don't do it. And when that's happening, I always know that it's some unconscious belief that is stronger than our willpower. 90 to 95% of our beliefs and actions are unconscious, which makes sense. I mean, we breathe unconsciously. We work on, walk unconsciously. We do a lot of stuff unconsciously, which is awesome because if our whole time was spent on, how do we get out of this chair again? What, what do I do? I mean, we wouldn't get anything done, but a lot of that is also the unconscious belief systems that were created when we're very, very little. And the only way to actually change them is bring them to consciousness and then make different choices and go, oh, I'm still safe, even though I'm doing something radically different. Like Every time I share some imperfectionism, I'm doing a lot of self-soothing inside going, I'm okay, I'm okay. Now I'd let them know I'm not perfect. I'm okay, I'm okay. And, you know, and the more I do it, the more comfortable I am sharing it, but it's still kind of like, I'm still okay. I'm still okay because I'm working with very old belief systems, millions and millions of you know, neural pathways of you have to be this way, Jane, to be safe. And so people you love aren't hurt. Um, My family, while I love them dearly and they love me dearly, there were issues there. You know, we had violence in our family. And so, you know, there were really and, and I saw I was never hit, but I saw people I loved being hit. And so that's why I figured if I wasn't hit, then I must know how to do something magical so I'm not hurt. So there must be something I do, and my little brain made it. Oh, I have to be perfect. That's why I won't. I won't speak up. I won't say well, that's stupid. Would you do? I mean, I won't do that. I'll just you know be quiet and disappear, sweet as I can be. Right? That wasn't the reason I wasn't hit, but I didn't know that. What do you think was the reason? Oh, it's a long story. Uh, a lot of dynamics. One because I was the littlest, and two because I learned from watching everybody else in my family, to stay quiet. I learned to go under the radar and not disagree. I mean, that's, that's a lot of it. It's not all of it. That's a lot of it. I just I just melted. I'm very good. If I don't want to be seen, disappear.
1: I'm very good at Yes. <laughs> so in a way, it did keep you safe, but it was a false positive. It was a, exactly. a false belief that you're exactly. safe. It was safe physically, but emotionally you were you were destroyed because you didn't have... Yeah. Your. Now I understand why you loved my 100th episode, because that's what I was talking right. about exactly, that mm-hmm. I wanted to fit in, but I was dying inside without even knowing it yeah. at the time. I just was dying without okay. knowing that I was dying. And only years yeah. later, I was so in pain about the fact that I was... In silence. Yeah.
0: And I think depression is is a repression of who we are, right? We spend so much energy and it takes we're such, you know, alive human beings that it takes so much energy to repress us. After a while, it just becomes a nervous system pattern. And it's like, this is what I do. But what about but I'm so alive and I've got joy? No. But wait a second. Yeah, well, I've got an idea. Nope. And so our nervous system adapts to our environment. And then we get stuck in there. And so we're just used to shutting it, down, shutting it down, shutting it down, shutting it down, shutting it down, and it takes a toll.
1: So for years, you're, pract- you're, you're a therapist, but only a, a perfectionist, I mean, a, yeah. a perfectionist therapist, but only years into your giving therapy and healing, helping others heal, did you realize that you need to go through your own, your own healing practice of noticing that you need to give yourself more self-love, compassion, acceptance, yes. just the way you are. And perfectionism is a death toll eventually. Yeah, it it suppresses
0: my natural buoyancy. And it's just so mean. I mean, one of the tools I want to give you is four words. I I like basically every time somebody in my office says one of these words, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. So I'm just pointing it out so they can notice that they're doing it. When we, I think one of the reasons therapy is so powerful and journaling is so powerful is when we say what's in our head out loud, it doesn't seem as true. Like we can think inside and when it's inside, it feels like absolute truth. This is what is happening. There is no doubt, no other possibility. Nope, this is true. But what about, nope, absolutely not, not possible. It's true. It's so true. Like when I say out loud, I should be perfect. Like, that's ridiculous. But in my head, it's
1: absolute truth. Big T truth. Isn't that fascinating? Oh my gosh. And and I guess that's why good coaches and therapists and doctors repeat to you, is this what you mean? Right. And then you're like, no, I hope not. But they repeated the exact same words we said. Right. Let me get you right. Is this what you say? Is this what you you're saying? And then Mm -hmm. you're like, wait, no, no, because when we hear it out loud, it's not the voices in our head. Wow, that's so interesting. Isn't that fascinating? I don't know what
0: it is. Maybe it's, I know a different part of our brain is activated when we hear stuff and when we speak. So maybe it's just bringing more parts of our brain on board. So it's not just our ego giving the nasty messages. You know, you talk about the wh- why do we, why do we say stuff like this? Our neocortex is some, some think it might be the center of our ego and the ego never says, you're doing a super job. Yay for you. That's awesome. You can take a rest. No, the ego is always like, you should be better. You should do better. Do it differently. Forget it. Don't even try because you should have done it already. Who do you think you are? And, um, there's some belief that, ego is centered in our neocortex which is the newest part of our brain like very few mammals have a neocortex and most when we when we are not actively engaged when we're not you know like totally engrossed in what we're doing the neocortex is searching for danger it's searching for what's wrong it's searching for how we should do things and fix things differently like it's constantly on a search and we have on average like so like 60 to seventy thousand thoughts a day, right? Most of them repetitive, most of them negative. Yeah. So this is why practices like gratitude is so powerful because we're literally rewiring new neural pathways to compensate for the ones that happen without us even thinking about like automatically. We're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What did I do wrong? What's, what did he do
1: wrong? What did she do wrong? What
0: did I do wrong? What am I missing? What
1: like 60 to 70,000 times a day, Unbelievable, (laughs) unbelievable. And I also heard that at night we're replaying the loudest voices and the voices that we play right before we go to sleep. So even when we're sleeping, we're replaying voices in our subconscious, and it's going over and over and over. And the loudest, the the louder the voice was during the day and right before you went to sleep, that's the voice you're going to have at night. And usually, you're going to wake up with that same. Emotions. So if you're going to sleep in a positive place, you're going to wake up right. in a positive, you're going to sleep negative, you're probably going to go get up with a negative feeling outlook unless you do a, a hard stop and say, okay, I'm going into positive. Right. For some
0: reason, and I've heard that, but for some reason that doesn't work for me. I think my brain just does a lot of work at night and I wake up wherever I am doing that work. But one of the things um, our brain at night, one of the reasons sleep is so important is that our brain processes information, and it does a lot of emotional processing. Like it's it's one storing information that we learned, but it's also figuring out what are the emotional and social implications of what we experience during the day. This is why a lot of people are having coronavirus nightmares, because there's so much stress and we're hearing about you know so many people who are hurting and dying and suffering in so many different ways. And our brain hears that for those of us who listen to the news a lot, and I limit mine, Our brain is trying to make sense of our day. And Rick Hansen, I don't know if he came up with this, but he's the person I heard it from. He said, uh, the brain is like Teflon for good, gratitude, happiness, compliments. And the brain is Velcro for bad. Like those loudest voices are almost always the negative ones. And this is just how our brain works. And it makes sense because it kept us safe. Like when we were back in the Savannah days, wandering the lands, you know, which was, you know, which was more important where the strawberries bloomed or, you know, the, the pattern of the t- local tiger, right? You're going to notice the tiger. You're going to put all your energy on the, t- it's what kept us alive. And we still have that brain structure, but we don't have the same dangers we had when our brain was formed. So this is the brain we've got and it's gratitude practices and, you know, focusing on what we can do, what we are capable of. Um, that can rewire our brain as it naturally came to us and so you're right if you go to sleep with gratitude and i practice gratitude first thing when i wake up and last thing before i go to sleep those neurons are firing your 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 brain sorting of the information of the day is going to include gratitude so you're literally changing how
1: your brain stores those memories it's awesome did you do you learn this only later in life after you had some kind of a wake-up call? I don't know, I've been doing
0: self-growth work for as long as I can remember. Because I always knew I had so much pain and yet people who loved me would say, Jane, why do you, like, what? I had a horrible self-esteem. Oh my goodness, it was just horrible. And people would look at me and they would love me and I was delightful. And I had friends and people who loved me, but I could never take it in. And I was so confused. I'm like, why do they think I'm so great? Why do they want to spend time with me when I'm garbage in my mind? I'm wondering why anyone wants to be with me at all. And so I was curious enough and insightful enough to go, well, maybe there's another way to be inside my head. So I started a search very early on other ways, uh, you know, hearing other voices and reading and mostly reading at that time, because we didn't have podcasts, but reading other voices. Like I read Brene Brown, like for a while I read her every year, Gifts of Imperfection every year. And I would just listen to all these people, you know, you, know, you can heal your life, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, there's another way. There's another way than, than my belief system. And I just kept at it. Actually, do you want to know the really turning point, the real turning point towards self-love? I don't tell many people this story, but I was dating someone in graduate school. And I had hoped to marry him. And he left me for another woman who he'd been with before. And I was devastated because one of, the, one of the beliefs I learned was, if a man loves me, if a man loves me, I'm lovable. Nobody ever said that overtly, but that was just one of the things my little brain figured out. You know, it was what I learned. But um, so I literally became suicidal. I was suffering. I was drinking a lot. I couldn't focus. The only things that I would feel better was when I was exercising or I was drunk. Those are the only two times I wasn't in immense pain. Then I was reading a book and I can't remember which one. It might've been You Can Heal Your Life, but I haven't been able to find the passage. But somebody, some brilliant author wrote, the other person hurt you once. You hurt yourself a thousand times every time you think it. And I'm like, Wow, because at this point I hadn't talked to my ex in like three months and I was still like every day knife knife right, knife right, about right, him and, and, right. and his partner knife 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 and I'm like oh I'm doing this this is not him right this is me oh wow and so I at that point I went okay well this is this belief system clearly isn't gonna work for me right, right. so it's time to find another one so I read everything I could and all sorts of stuff and did started doing little acts of self care so I would love myself so I would never depend on somebody else to love me for me now I love receiving love right it's awesome everybody does right but I can't make someone love me for me say that again I can't make somebody love me for me
1: powerful words of us do that
0: I mean so many of us do
1: that But when we love ourselves so much, we're so lovable. We're like magnets, right? Yes, I know. know. (laughs) When we love ourselves with all of our imperfections, Mm -hmm. we're a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, she's awesome. She knows that she's imperfect because no one's Mm -hmm. perfect and she's okay with who she is. He, she, Um, and
0: we implicitly give them permission to love themselves when they're imperfect also like we don't have to say anything, nice. but their little brains are going, well, she's imperfect. She can love herself. Well, right? Right.
1: So tell me about the book. How did you come about writing it? It's a, it's basically a toolkit to self-compassion, acceptance, love. So how did you come about to write it? And, and is it, is it, um, is it practices that you trained yourself that worked perfectly? And you're like, I need to give this to the world because, if I, they don't work perfectly
0: in my life. Oh, they don't? <laughs> no, sometimes they work better than others. Mm. I like to have a lot of tools. Right. So I can, sometimes i go through all of them. And sometimes this one works and this one doesn't. Sometimes this one totally works and then this one doesn't. But it's having a toolbox right. to fit us in the moment. And there's some days, Matana, where I am not to be consoled.
1: And we just want to I'm feel like, bad.
0: Yes. We just want to feel and bad. in it. So I forgive feel myself it for feeling right. and I just feel it. Right. Yeah. Oh, can I share that yes, model? Yes. My feelings model. Yes. So I developed this model one day when I, um, uh, I, uh, acquaintance of mine was having massages at half price and I love massages and it's not something I do a really great job at gifting myself. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get three massages. I'll help her. I'll help me. And this is awesome. So it was a six months package and I got one and it was awesome. And then I didn't make another appointment for a while. And then one day I'm sitting in my living room and I'm, I'm thinking, hey, I wonder when that massage package is up. So I text her and I said, when's that package up? She said, next week. Oh my God, right? So I went on her website to schedule, nothing available. Like literally I would have had to cancel clients to get a massage. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna, see, yeah, I gotta get a right? So I was like, crap. And I was just walking around fuming and being so angry. And I was alternating between Well, she should have let me know six months was almost up. And I'm like, no, it's not her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. Well, well, she shouldn't have had a six month package. It'd be, it should be a forever package. No, she gets to, it's her package. She gets to set the limits. And I'm like, well, stop being so stupid. You shouldn't, you just wasted money. Stop crying over money. And, and so I would just alternate between trying to stop myself from feeling it and trying to blame her or me for what I was feeling. And it was awful. And then all of a sudden, I remember I was walking into my kitchen and I stopped and I'm like, oh, I, I'm angry and I don't want to feel it. Because in my family, anger is dangerous. So I learned you just don't feel angry. And then I'm like, "Whoa, of course I'm angry. I lost some money. Of course I am. So I went and sat on my couch and I just sat there and just felt angry. I tried to stop my thoughts and I just felt angry. And then after about five minutes, I got up and went, whoops. Well, I won't do that again. And then half an hour later, she texted me and she said, Hey, if you want me to extend that a little bit, I'm happy to. Be <laughs> yes, and they are right online and booked both appointments. Right? <laughs> so, so it was a really easy lesson, but it was a beautiful, just experiential lesson for me of when we just sit and feel our feelings, like they're meant to be felt. They aren't stuckings. They aren't repressings. They're feelings. And when we stop and just feel them, As much as possible without thought but just physically feel the emotion they're gone like our body's natural process is done like anytime we get startled or or hear something within research says anywhere from 90 seconds to two minutes our neurochemical response is done so if it's still there it's because we're repressing it and stopping it from flowing we're feeding it so we just keep it going right so and in the spirit of non-perfectionism I've never gotten down to two minutes. When it's a really big emotion, the fastest I've ever gotten to is five minutes. And that's with a lot of practice.
1: But it could be, it could be also an hour if you need it. It could be an hour. And if it's a real big, I just, when I was interviewing somebody yesterday that lost her husband, when he just went to Mm -hmm. work, he was 40 years old, went to work and collapsed at work. And no, no warning. He just collapsed at work and passed away. And she was saying that, um, the wisest words she had from some someone coming, that a grief counselor came and says, everybody's going to throw medication on you to stop the pain because the pain is going to be unbearable. You have to walk through the pain. You have to walk yes. through it. There's no avoiding it. You have to feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. walk through it. I have a quote. Can she, I share yes, it with you? Yes.
0: From Rilke, Rainier Maria Rilke, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final.
1: Walk through it. Get to the other side of it, right? That's what That's you're saying. Compelling. And everybody has, and when we're mindful about it and we're setting aside time and say, okay, let's see if we could do it in 20 minutes, or like five minutes, whatever it is. People, we, sh- we really need to expedite it, but be mindful how long it's lasting. And if we can, okay, where are we holding out? Where are we holding out? Exactly. And, and, and in a way, maybe he said, okay, I, I was angry enough today. Maybe we'll revisit the anger tomorrow. Let's put it aside, mm-hmm. but walk through it until it, it kind of changes. But if yeah. we try to avoid it, it's not going to change. It's going to keep on um, touching us, like tapping on our shoulder. I'm here, right. I'm here. here, I'm here, i right. 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Very insightful. And my yoga teacher, when I was, I say this a thousand times and I'm going to say it a thousand and one, my yoga teacher, Devira. that's right, which I owe a tremendous amount of gratitude to her. When I was so depressed, used and I used to say, Vera, I need this healer. I need that. I need the doctor. I need. I can't. When when am I gonna end this pain, this darkness, this depression?" She said, "Matana, you have all the answers inside. You stop avoiding the pain. Feel it. Be in it. Let it attack you. Let's just be in it." And I said, "Who wants to be in the pain? I want to disconnect from the pain. (laughs) I want to just let it go." And she's like, "Well, there's no way out. You have the. You need to feel it." in order to leave it and yeah. and when and i didn't want to hear it and she kept on saying it over and over and over until i'm like okay i need to feel it and that was the beginning of my switching like looking yeah. for everyone to fix me besides me fixing myself
0: yep the power is always within us mm. always
1: so what's another tool that you use oh. i want to i want to give the audience a bunch of tools because i do believe that the foundation Foundation, I tell this to anybody that comes and asks me, where do I start healing? Self-love and self-acceptance and compassion. Yeah. Those are the three. If you don't have that, you can keep on doing work. They'll stick for a while. Then you're going to fall apart again. If you don't have the fundamental tools and the practices and and just believing of self-love, acceptance, compassion, you won't last too long before you, you fall and then you're frustrated again that you're, you're in that dark roominess. We all fall, the question is how long we stay in that, yeah. in that little space of darkness. So I believe that that's the foundation before you do Absolutely. anything. Compassion, compassion, acceptance. So give me some of, yeah. of your tools, your magic tools that are in the book. And I highly recommend everybody buying it. Yay, thank you. One thing that's kind of a core
0: principle in how I work is like my motto is love yourself now, you don't have to wait. Because so many people, especially I draw perfectionists to work with me, because, you know, I am one. But we think when we're here, somewhere we're imagining, we're going to be okay. When we're here, we're going to be lovable. And then when we're there, we're going to be okay. When we're there, people can love us. We always have this goal in mind, when we're there, we'll be okay. And um, I've kind of shifted my beliefs about healing, because for perfectionists, They're always like, I need to heal to be okay. And what I've realized both in my own work and with my clients is we're already whole. But what I work with people to do is like, it's it's, instead of healing, we're just becoming more present and more loving to who we are, who we are already. So I don't think we're healing, I think what we're doing is building our compassion for our humanness and for our natural failings. Like we're already whole. We're already okay. We are already enough. It's, it's like, it's more like we're expanding ourselves to kind of catch up with who we already are. And I, I, I just, I'm getting chills as I say that because I'm like, that's such a compassionate and adventurous way to do self-love. It's like, whoa, I'm just catching up with myself. Right. Awesome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yes and i think what we're doing in that self compassion self love work is peeling away the patterns the behaviors the shields we develop from past hurt those are the only reasons we don't love ourselves like we don't come out of the womb going i suck i can't believe i'm making my family change me and you know smell my smelly diapers and feed me and right. oh, keep it so true oh
1: and my like, god that's so I'm true weird.
0: That's right. so true. So we learn. We, we unlearn that. So what we're really doing in all this work is just taking away these learnings that we learned to keep ourselves safe. So there's nothing wrong. They kept us safe when they were bad. But now it's kind of like, take away this. Take it. So we can expand into who we really are always have been. But like depression, we're squishing ourselves. Like we're squishing our natural being to, so we can, quote, feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my reframe on healing. It feels much more doable to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, right. And it's it's also not um, one switch and it's over. It takes time. Right. It's a practice. Right.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really, rele- it's relearning. Absolutely.
1: And just
0: like exercise, like somebody said to me, you know, we think once we do the self-help stuff, we should be all better, but it's not like we exercise and go, great, I've got the body I want, my muscles are toned, now I can do something else. No, We we always exercise, if that's important to us, to keep our muscles toned. So, but we think with self-help, we should, okay, now I should just, what's wrong with me that I still have these doubt? What is, oh, this doesn't work.
1: We don't say that about exercise. Right. It's constant, right? It's constant. It's constant. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Because remember, we've got our neocortex. Right. It's constant. <laughs> and when we stop, we regress. We re- Yes. When we right. stop, we regress. Our little
0: neocortex is like, you're doing it wrong. You d- it just wants to keep us safe. There's nothing wrong with it. But safe is not thriving. Safe is not expanding. Safe is small and making as small a target as possible. Right, right. And it's thriving. Right. But I want to share four words that if I were queen of the world, I would ban the words should, must, have to, and need should, and from, again, must, should, must, have to, and need. And for Midwesterners, gotta. <laughs> so why I would do that is, can, can we do an experiment with me? So think of something that, you know, we've all got these things on our list that we need to do, or we have to do, or we should do. So choose something now that you have to do, or, you know, it's on your list and you got to do it. Okay. Now, if you want to share it out loud, yeah. fine. If you just want to say it inside, say it and then close your eyes and notice what you feel in your body. Stress. Right, and where do you feel the stress? My chest, your chest. Great, beautiful noticing. Now, say it'd be a good idea for me to do whatever it is you. Wow, I'm already breathing deeply. I'm just relaxing. Right? Just with a breath. Right. So the these our words are so powerful, which is why gratitude is so powerful. These words should, must, have to, need automatically create stress in our lives because they're commandments. Right? You should do it. And if we should do it and we haven't done it already, we're already failing. So by saying, I need to do this and we haven't done it, we're already just giving lots of, um, lots of evidence to the ego of how we suck, how we're screwing up, how we're not good enough, how blah, 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 blah. So those words literally make it more difficult to do what it is we're, we're trying to do. So I replace the word should, must, have to, need with it'd be helpful, it'd be a good idea, an option is to... Um, and if only if it's really, really true, I want to, or I'd like to, because our body is a beautiful radar system for when we're telling ourselves the truth and when we're not. So if I say to myself, I want to do taxes. My body's like, that's a load of crap. <laughs> I, do. I just feel stressed because I'm lying. Right, to myself. Right, right, right. Now Would it be a good idea? Absolutely. My, you know, I just said that and my, my chest went, yeah, it would be a good idea. So we take away a level of resistance to something that's important for us to do. Now, when people give me pushback, I'm like, no, I have to work. I have to pay my taxes. I'm like, well, will you die if you don't do this? I'm like, no. So the ego hates not having power. Like we all become two. If you say you have to do this, like, no, you don't. We, we get resistant. Um, But if we say I'm doing this because I don't want the consequences, right? I pay my rent or my mortgage because I like having yeah. to work over my head. Yeah. I go to job. Because I like having money. I do this because I don't want to be fined. You know, Mm -hmm. so when we give ourselves that agency, I'm doing this because this is important to me, because I want to, because this is in accordance with my values and it's just important for me, right? There are five things. If we don't do them, we will die eat, sleep, drink, um, breathe, and defecate. If we don't do those, we will literally die. Everything else. We are choosing, and when we realize we are choosing, we literally touch into the power we actually have. We're not victims. We're doing this because we like the effects of this choice, of this action. Like I pay my taxes because I don't like fines. Right. I don't. Right. So I will pay my taxes.
1: Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I actually love it. I think like we're saying, and we're saying, I rather have the benefits versus the consequence. Yes. That's all we're saying. Like nobody is making us do this, even though and no one's saying it. it's easy. But we're choosing no the benefits it. rather than the consequences. And when we're nice to ourselves about it and, and and noticing that we're helping ourselves and we don't must have right. should it need. need as a parent, like I would like I see why I say, Oh my gosh, I need to pick up my child from right. playgroup now. I need, but it doesn't. Yes, I need to, but but in a way, what's the difference between I I really should go now? I really should go now. Right. And how's that feel? I should go now. Yeah, I should go. It's responsibility versus a task like a like. Well, should is should is also one of those words.
0: Say, I want to pick up my kid because I like not making my kid. Mm. I mean, really, if you don't pick up your kid, they're not going to die. They're going to be pissed, or lonely, or sad, or
1: scared. Right. And you'll get fined from the school, and you'll get fined from the school. (laughs) Yeah. But you're doing
0: it because part of your value system is to be a responsible parent. I mean, that's just part of who you are. And this so increases anxiety. self-love and self-compassion? Yes. Because anytime we act within our own integrity and we each, you know, it's a lot of work to pay attention to what's our moral guidance system. But when we act from our internal moral guidance system, when we act in integrity, we automatically have more self-love and peace because we're acting in accordance to what's important to us. Most of us have a pretty good moral guidance system. There are few people who don't. They just don't have the capacity for, um, empathy and this, you know, sense of others being important. Also, they're an exception, but most of us don't wake up in the morning and go, how many people can I screw today? Like, who can I, whose life can I make miserable? No most of us are doing the best we can and we make mistakes. So you know, if we trust our guidance system and tune into it and focus on what decisions make us feel good and what decisions make us feel bad, because they're against who we are at our core, that is self-love. That's self-love and action. I am being true to me. Other people might be mad, like Brene Brown talks a lot about how people are pissed off at what she says, because um, they don't agree and it's threatening to them. But it's, it's so part of her value system. She will walk through because that's how
1: she is true to her. And that is self-love and action. I was just talking to, to uh, my group yesterday and I was saying I, I, I sometimes fear living out loud uh, because people will rebuke me for not believing in my system, my, what, what makes me happy? What makes me tick? What makes me work? What makes me move forward? And I shut myself down because I'm afraid to hear, but that means I'm not living for myself because if I was living for myself, I should not care, but it's such a fine line, but it's such a fine line. I I know, but it's a fine line because you don't yes. want to hurt people, but people are going to choose to be hurt by it or just say that we don't have the same belief system and that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking out
0: loud, people when people are free, people who do not feel that freedom are threatened because when you see someone being free in whatever form, it it does this implicit message of, well, that's possible. How come they can be free when I'm not allowing myself to be free or these other people won't allow me to be free? How how dare you? How dare you show me what is possible? That's really what they're doing, not consciously, but that's what's going on. How dare you be free when I can't be? Stop it. I love that. Right? Mm wow yeah the reactions are not about us they're about them and their
1: own underlying beliefs that they learn i do the same thing i judge people all the time i know me too. i judge people all the time unfortunately and i try hard i came a long way i really came a long 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 way just from my journey to understand that there's no one one shoe that fits everyone or one way and and if it's something that's not good for me it's okay to put boundaries and disconnect from it but it's fine yeah It's really fine. And to stick to my core values. If it's not my core values, it's okay. Let them live their life with their core values. As long as it doesn't affect me.
0: Yeah, we get to set boundaries. We don't get to tell people what their core values are. We do get to say, you know, your core values don't fit with mine. So I'm not going to play with you. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And one of the things that really helps me when I, because I judge too, everybody judges. It's part of our neocortex and our left brain is um, I really try to, One, when we judge somebody else, it's frequently something in ourselves that we don't like, and they're showing it. Like, stop it! I don't want to see it. Stop it! So there's that. But two, I try to, as best I can, go, wow, that's how they learn to be safe. Must be that must hurt awfully because they're clearly not happy. I mean, when people attack, they're not happy campers. They are going, I am so joyful you know, reaming you. I mean, no, they're, they're angry. They're upset. They feel awful. And so there's a lot of pain and suffering there. I try my best. And, you know, sometimes it's a huge challenge, but I try to go, wow, they're really suffering. They learned, they learned beliefs that really are not helping them. They're making them unhappy and people around them unhappy. What suffering? Yeah. Interesting. So perspective, because it's true. I mean, we don't, we don't literally, we don't wake up going, I want to make as many people miserable as possible. And if we do, we've got a major brain disorder. Right. And we need a lot of help. <laughs> and it may never work because it's a major brain disorder, right. but you know, right.
1: you create boundaries. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Jane, I want to ask you, um, a lot of people um, lack belief in themselves and love because they were shown lack of love and put down yeah. and abuse and mental and emotional and physical abuse. Yeah, and, and when they finally disconnect from that abuse, they're trying to relearn that they're worthy and love. Where's the first step to take? Because it's rewiring so much for so many years. Yeah. So when somebody says, I feel unlovable, I feel uh, no one loves me. What's there to love about me? What's there to care about me? What do you mm-hmm. tell them to do? The micro smallest step to start um, self-compassion, self-love, acceptance.
0: The, the first thing I tell everybody, and I do this to myself a lot, I learned this from Tara Brock, and she puts she puts her hand on her heart, which one triggers our heart neurons, and we've got as many neural pathways and neurons in our heart as our brain. And I put my hand on my heart and go, I'm hurting. And just that act of, it's, it's basically saying to myself, I'm so sorry you're hurting I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Like so many of our caregivers and parents couldn't be with their own pain. So they couldn't be with their kids' pain because it was too much. They couldn't, they couldn't be with it. They couldn't, so just stop it. I'll give you something to cry about. I mean, you know, they can't handle the pain. So they don't want you to have your pain because they couldn't handle their pain. So the first act of love is hurting and being, you know, as you, you talked about, like walking through that pain, being with ourselves, as we're having our very natural feelings. Wow, I don't feel lovable. I'm hurting. Oh,
1: Like giving someone a hug when they, a little kid a hug when they scraped their knee when they fell. Exactly. You're okay. You're just hurting. This will pass
0: too. You're just hurting. That's when parents can give their kids the capability to be with what they're feeling, like to be bigger than their feelings and their thoughts. It's such a great gift. But most of us don't know we're bigger than our feelings and our thoughts. So we can't teach that to the, the ones in our care. Right, right. So this is basically like, I'm here for me. I'm totally fl- fallible. I'm not sure I'm enough to be with me. And yet here I am being with me because it's what I've got. And just a simple hand on the heart is a great love or great act of self-love and self-compassion.
1: Okay, great tip. And do you believe in um, affirmations, words of affirmation or stuff like that to reignite our self-love with ourselves? That was I do completely think- put up. Out- yeah,
0: yeah. I, um, have had a love-hate relationship with affirmations. Because when I started this journey, I would say, I am beautiful. I am lovable. I am wealthy. And I, like, in, when I would say that, you know, my body would go, you are so lying to yourself. And I'd feel worse. I'd actually shut down. Like I was reading Wayne Dyer on the beginning of this journey and he said, uh, your thoughts create your reality. And I, I literally, I put this in the beginning of the book, I, I shut the book and went, I'm screwed. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even try because all my thoughts are awful. So I will be awful for the rest of my life. But what I've discovered, and there's this woman named Dana Wilde, she wrote a book, Train Your Brain. She's awesome. She She developed a methodology to make affirmations that actually work. So instead of saying, I'm so lovable, I would say, well, I want to be lovable. And if that even felt too much, I would go, well, I, I, I want to want to be lovable. I totally think lovable would be, I would love that. And I can get behind that. My whole system can get behind that. And then it shifts. It's not, yes. So you stay there until that's totally comfortable. And then you push it a little more. Like with my clients, if they can't want something, I'll say, do you want to want it? And they'll go, yeah, yeah, I do. Because our heart speaks to that, right? Our heart wants this. But um so when they get comfortable with one-to-one, I'm like, okay, do you want it? No, it's too much. Okay, so let's do... I'd like to want it someday. And then they stick with that until that's comfortable. And so we just kind of gradually, gently, easily, compassionately build our, our mantras, our affirmations to just stretch us just a little bit. If we stretch too much, shut down. If we stretch a little bit, it's like, oh, nobody killed me. I'm still safe. Stretch a little bit. Okay, I'm on I know. I'm still safe stretch a little, wait and see, you know, we go through the fear until we're safe. And then we step to the next level of fear until we're safe.
1: I, I, I say, I'm going to use that. I'm actually going to use that. Even though I'm a huge believer in the power of words and, Mm -hmm. and the secret, the power, the journey, all that. I am so, that's what changed my whole mindset. But for years I was battling it and I said, okay, it can hurt. I'm going to do it even though I don't believe in it. and I. Just kept on noticing my thoughts, but I think it would work better faster if I would just do what you did, like micro steps, micro step, and it just evolves faster. Because we
0: have less resistance. And just like the word should, must have, to need, they create resistance. Affirmations that we want to be true, absolutely, they're too big, so they actually create more resistance. So we have to fight our way through the resistance versus just a little resistance, which is easier to step through. Another one of my favorite affirmations, which I got from my friend Melissa, is, I'm the kind of person who I'm the kind kind of of person, person who Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person who likes to exercise. I'm the kind of person who likes to give my body food. That's good for it. I'm the kind of person who likes to get ready for bed on time. I'm the, you know, even if you you don't like early bedtime. Well, I'm the kind of person who likes to go to the bed or something that actually like works for us. If you don't like an early bedtime, your clock is not set for it don't try to make yourself an early to bed person. Mm -hmm. Work with how your body is. I'm the kind of person who goes to bed with enough time to sleep or, you know, whatever it is that actually fits you and your life and you know, how you live.
1: But what if it's not true, but I should, I feel like I should, but it's really not me. So maybe like we go to sleep late, but we're getting up without energy. I'm the kind of person that likes to wake up with energy. Right. Yeah. Say that. And then, you know, that work feed back your unconscious. Right, right, yeah. I'm that
0: kind of person who likes to feed up with energy, to wake up with energy. Well, what would actually help me do that? So one of the things we can do is put our subconscious to work for us. Like the tools I give are so super simple, but they work on the conscious and the real power is the unconscious level. When we, like our unconscious is basically saying, hey, what do you want me to focus on? Hey, what do you want me to focus on? Um. So if we say I'm the kind of person who... Your brain will be like, okay, well, if I like to wake up with energy, then going to bed by 11 might be good, but I don't like to go to bed. But then I know, but you also really like waking up with energy. So it might be worth a try to see if it works to wake up with energy. Cause what actually is more important to you, waking up with energy or staying up to read the book or have time for yourself or, you know, whatever the reasons we stay up and let your own guidance system choose. It might be staying up. Is actually more important to you than waking up with energy. But let your guidance system not be should, but your guidance system help you choose what
1: your path to help is. Love that, so helpful, and it's with it's kind and so, it's like it's with kindness, like for our children. If we say you must go to sleep now, or you know, it'd be a really good idea if you went to sleep now because you'll have more energy tomorrow exactly do you like having energy or do you like waking
0: up tired no kids going to say i like waking up tired unless they're feeling belligerent right. then they will right, right. Know, oh right. that's funny right. really okay, okay. So,
1: <laughs> 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 yes but it's always kids listen better when we do when we come with compassion and empathy yes. and soft voices it's so hard to do i'm far 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 far, far 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 from that. Right, me too. Right. Uh, but I know and I catch myself sometimes in the moment when I'm like an authority and I know that they're not listening. When I'm an authority, right. they're not listening. They're just not listening. Right. But when there's a conversation, it could be an authority with a conversation and empathy and, and sympathy and they still respect you. But what's the tone? And that's the way we should speak to ourselves.
0: Right. Uh, not should. Oh, it's super helpful.
1: Though. <laughs> wow. Look at that radar you have. Your you're radar right. is up. Your is radar right. is up. Good for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for catching me. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> of exercise. I wish there was like a buzz, you know, the new cars, like right. when you go off the uh, show, like a little uh-huh, bit off the yeah. line, the buzzes, and right? Like the cars, car, right. like, oh, <laughs> you're not in your lane. Bzzz. <laughs> right <laughs> I know nice nice so I have um two more questions one that I ask everybody okay. and one specifically for you um okay. what do you believe about the saying i am enough
0: i believe it's absolutely true always has been always will be no should uh, oh. no. no i don't believe that much enough <laughs> no. okay
1: do you believe it's a good idea I, we say all the time do you believe it's a good I, idea to say it yes. to ourselves often even If we don't feel it, I'd say if we say
0: it and it makes us feel worse, like it creates a repression of some sort, a stress of some sort, then don't say that. Make it so you can say it so it's a little bit of stretch. I
1: want to believe I'm enough. Like go back to that, what you taught me a few minutes ago. Go back to the comfort zone where you are. I want to believe. I want to feel. It would be awesome to feel that I'm enough. Yes. I want to get there. Oh, I love that. that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Right? Because it literally expands. Um, When you say it, it expands you, right? Yes. And you can actually uh, deal with it. And your brain can wrap yourself around that feeling and emotion versus saying, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And give you a thousand reasons why you're not enough. And a thousand reasons why people taught you that you're not enough. Right. Yep. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay. So before we go, and before we ask you where we can find all of your stuff and, your, and follow your teachings, what does hope mean to you?
0: Mm, that's a, what a great question.
1: Hope means there's
0: always possibility for change.
1: I feel like it's like your statement, right? Your statement of I should, uh, not should, I would be great. That's hope. It would be great. I'm not there yet. Yes. It would be yeah, it great to feel mm-hmm enough it would be great if i believe yeah. this it would feel good and that's hope those words yes. are hope yes because Absolutely. you're training Absolutely. yourself to say i might not be perfect now in whatever is going on and i not feel i might not feel safe i might not feel enough and i might not, not have all the answers but i want to it will feel great yes. So yes. all these little things are hope we're creating Yes, we're creating sentences of hope throughout our day. I love that. Nobody (laughs) has ever
0: said that to me before,
1: but I just got it through now because that's what we were saying, right? Creating Uh that space to not reject the, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Give it possibility. And what's that? Hope. Hope. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. That was awesome. I've never thought about it that way. Wow! I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. So where can we, you. your book is on Amazon, right? Everyone's perfect. Just not me. Yep. Everything is perfect. Just not me. Everything is perfect. Just not me. Get the book toolkit. Great ideas. What we discussed now is a sample of what's going on in the book. Yes. Where can people follow you? Um, I have a, if people want to sign up,
0: I send out kind of monthly love notes which is, uh, my, uh, perception or, and tools for how to help us when we're suffering, tools for stress reduction, just ways to, to perceive and be in the world for, with more compassion and self-love and less stress. They can go to my website, everydaylove.me. I've got a little, uh, PDF there of, uh, you know, the four words never to say and then the four words to, or the, the words to replace them with. If they sign up for that, they can then get my love notes. And I'm also on Facebook, Everyday Love. I think that's, yeah, not me on that. My website is Everyday love me, but the Facebook is Everyday Love. And I've got little posts of quotes that inspire me and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, if anybody heard this and feels like they can Change one person's life. We all have people around us that we're trying to help. We understand. We empathize. Share this episode with them. Maybe gift the book to them. Maybe if you know somebody that's struggling with perfectionism, get Dr. Jane's book. Maybe you'll save their life. Maybe they'll have a, a something to look forward to and say, I might want to become this. It will be nice if I become that. So think who you can help with this. Share this episode with them leave a review. If you can go to iTunes, leave a review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what works for you. If any of this resonated with you, tell us, share with us. We would love to hear from you. And thank you, Dr. Jane, for joining me here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delightful conversation. Bye till next time.